Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. The Gist is sponsored by The Jinx, The Life and Deaths of Robert Durst, the new documentary series from HBO. Four decades, three murders, and one very rich man who refused to speak until now. The Jinx airs Sundays at 8, only on HBO. The following podcast contains explicit language. It's Friday, February 13th, 2015. From Slate, it's The Gist. I'm Mike Pasca. You know, Alabama has been getting a lot of flack, deservedly so, for taking a benighted stance on gay marriage. Judge Roy Moore is out to prove that he's the Nick Saban of jurists, indeed. Instead, he is proving himself to be the Mike Shula. Ooh, college football burn. Listen, I get three audience alienators each week, and I just used one there. I know. But you know what? Right now, let's be kind to Alabama. It's not everyone in Alabama. There's good in Alabama. I was researching Alabama achievements. I came across this. What has Alabama given us? The auga sound of the klaxon horn. The iconic auga noise of the klaxon horn was created by Miller Reese Hutchinson of Baldwin County. He said the regular car horns were too melodic. He thought it should be annoying in order to warn people of approaching cars. According to a 1908 edition of The Horseless Age, the horn was to produce a roar, quote, the like of which has never been heard by man or beast. And I said, upon reading this, my God, there was a magazine called The Horseless Age. Isn't that like a magazine called Cat Unfancy? What a weird affinity group. People united in their distaste of horses. It's like manhole unenthusiast. Sandwich detester illustrated. I've got a slew of these. Sturgeon aversion. Or for moms who want a bottle feed, lactation disinclination. And for that weird subset of S&M devotees who like S&M but in natural breathable fabrics, leather loather. No, of course. Horseless Age was the name of an auto trade magazine in the very early days of the 20th century. I found one from 1905. It's the Physician's Edition. Quote, owing to its greater speed, the automobile permits physicians to attend to urgent cases more promptly. And a number of cases have been recorded in our columns where it was thought that a life was saved through the use of the auto. And all the ads are oriented towards the physicians who might be in the market for a rambler. They also write... It's impossible to drive a horse, not to speak of cleaning him, without getting one's clothing contaminated with decaying organic matter, which it would be positively harmful to bring into the sick room. True that, horseless age. By the way, the same goes for riding a kitten, or I would assume that's true, but Cat Unfancy has ceased publication. Alas, Leather Loather is still going strong. In the spiel, I honor a friend and discuss working through difficult music. But first, the term means throwing shade or talking trash or taking someone to school. And what's the first R of taking someone to school? Read. The Read podcast is in the house. Listen, we'll begin our conversation as they do, and then the interview will happen. Racism is what made me watch the fucking Super Bowl. 
Okay. Why? Wait, and it didn't explain. really even have anything. I was just <laughs> thinking about racism. Made me watch the no, Super Bowl. Okay, so I don't give a shit about sports at all. Yeah, like okay. I couldn't care. The we only did. time that I really sit in front of a, like a sports game and pretend I'm watching it is when I go home to visit my family, and it's just to make my father feel like I give some like any slice of a fuck about sports because it, mm-hmm. in my head, it makes him feel like he has a straight son. Okay, and he deserves it. You know, like he's a great. <laughs> dad maybe for like an hour i can make him feel like i like women whatever but this year i just really i don't know after the like whole marshawn lynch thing Mm -hmm. and that's like compared and contrasted (laughs) against um (laughs) richard sherman it was just like why? How can I not root for the Seahawks? It was just like mm-hmm. here you got this black dude who's like excited about football and completely like I'm not gonna say anything to any of you because I just want to play the game. Game. Right. I don't really care about right. your questions. I say the same thing every week. I don't want to talk about. And people it. said about him, he's a thug. Fuck him. Who the hell does he think he is? Right. It's like what are we? Can you can't just win. cut our lips off and take them? You just have. Why don't win. you just take our tongues and you just control what we like? Yeah. What are we supposed to do? Why don't we just tap dance? To whatever beat you decide yes. to play. Let me for just us. like paint on some big old red lips some, right. and tap dance for you and make right. it happen. Actually, so that's tap what really is made a me yard penalty in the NFL. Okay. <laughs> okay. That's what made me <laughs> watch it. And then that's I was devastated though. with this piss poor oh, even not? I can we don't not? know shit can we not? about this damn game. Can we but not? what in hell makes <laughs> you think you are a teaspoon away from right. winning this goddamn game right. and you decided to throw this ball? Yeah. When you have Marshawn Lynch. Why do you, you think they him. threw the ball? Have you heard the theories? Shrooms? I don't know. Have you heard the theories? No. I don't even want to support this. I can't confirm this. People in the Seahawks locker room saying Coach Pete Carroll does not want Marshawn Lynch to get the glory, wants his favorite, beloved quarterback to get the glory and a receiver instead. Denying the glory to Marshawn Lynch. That is an actual thing that's being reported. I wouldn't be surprised if that I would was not true. be surprised if that was true. So, I don't hey, know if it is, but I would not be shocked. let's just this whole entire yeah. game on national television after Katy Perry just soared across here as the more you know damn star. Let's just give well, it no, all away. Let's, give let's just make glory poor to choices. Russell Wilson, but you're banking on Russell Wilson not throwing an interception where you could just give it to Marshawn Lynch and let him take it it just defies all logic and you over here harassing this man about not wanting to give interviews like is he executing in the damn game though okay I never knew again as a person who watched like Sailor Moon and not soccer no I get it I'm I always just assumed that no one even paid attention to those interviews anyway because it always just sounded like Oh, you know me, my friend. (laughs) Okay. I think you're actually literally quoting Shaq in a Shaq voice. That's what it's. They all sound like that to me. Like, you know, I just love the game and just have a feeling of the ball in my hand. Like, that's it. I just don't think it's. You gotta conserve their energy for the court or the field. They can't do much. And that's fine. Facial expression in their comments, yeah. You are listening to uh, some version of The Read. The Read is one of the best podcasts out there. Not only is The Read one of the best podcasts, this section of The Read called The Read, which is their version of Spiels, if you want me to translate it to just speak. The hosts of The Read are Crystal and Kid Fury. They're here with me. Hello, guys. Hi. Hi. You're big on on blogs, vlogs. You like the term vlogs? It always sounded weird to me. Right? Yeah, the V and the L together. Did you <laughs> just guys say video? But you guys met by tweeting at each other. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. For two funny people, 
who we recognize just so the humor in each other. We follow each other on Twitter, and then one year we happened to be in the same city for New Year's, so we met up, and we've just been friends ever since. So was the off-mic interaction a lot like what we hear on the read now? Was it immediate, and you guys were um, riffing on each other? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> because I remember that you were at my friend <laughs> Dimple's house, and you were Dimple. asking. <laughs> yeah. yeah, my friend DJ Dimples. She, like, we were in Atlanta, and you came over, and I remember being in the kitchen. You're sitting across from me, and you just... I don't remember how we got here, but you were asking me to like name like five dark skinned celebrities that oh, I found yes. attractive because she was just convinced that I'm only attracted to light skinned guys. And that is, I mean, isn't that's not Listen, without We basis. don't have to do this. No, we don't. Right. I'm just so saying I together. have a point. But either way, all the ones I named you ain't never heard of before, and that's not my fault. Anyway. And it also speaks true today because you still don't know this who was half like years of the ago, people I and talk you still about. Feel away about it. Anyway. <laughs> so yes. Let it started go. from the beginning. Okay. All right. Yeah. So I guess it started from the beginning. <laughs> and so your show is based on commentary about life and current events, but tons of pop culture, hip hop culture pop culture, music, what else am I leaving it? And then people write in f- with advice, yeah, but they're not, are they really looking for advice? Well, they're looking, I think some they're looking people, to be yelled at maybe a little bit. I some think some are. people <laughs> want to be reassured of what the right thing is to do, but I do think some of them legit need their questions answered. So mm-hmm. We get so many letters from girls and some guys who just cannot seem to get rid of their terrible boyfriends. It's never a woman, by the way. It's never my girlfriend sucks. Oh, it's no, never it's my never. wife is awful. It's never. It's never my stud is a bitch. It's <laughs> always a man. Yes. Every every and a woman writing time. about a man always? It's usually a woman writing about a man, but a lot of times it'll be a man Frequently about it's a man, a man but it's never anyone writing about a woman. Like, almost never. <laughs> Very is rarely. The, is, are the reasons all the same? Is the advice all the same? Are there a million reasons why you it's can't get rid of your fuckboy stuff right it's things like he doesn't answer the phone in a timely manner he waits days and days to call me back I've never met his family he's really secretive around me you know the same red flags that it's like for some reason people just do not want to face reality so yep. and then Kid Fury loads it up and says girl <laughs> <laughs> you have got to dump his ass that, right. I mean I've heard of something the exact way that you start to I feel like that is close that's <laughs> sounded like it's pretty accurate <laughs> um but yeah no it's always something like I don't know how we wouldn't react that way because yeah. it would be something like oh want. Hey, so I'm dating this guy, and he he shot my car with a grenade launcher and slapped my mother. And right. I, but I just love him so much. What do I do? Like, right. file charges. Right. Like, like, me and my boyfriend him... have been together for five years, but he kicked my niece in the face, and I just don't know how to forgive him. Like, right. girl, what are we supposed to do about? He that? dropped our baby. He doesn't care. Right. Like, just the same. The sort of thing that anybody outside of the situation would be like, of course you don't tolerate this kind of shit, you know? So. We just have to say that outright sometimes to people. They need to hear it. I think it's like basketball analogy, point guard power forward. You set him up, he slams, but sometimes, <laughs> sometimes, sometimes you, sure. you know, you know well, I sometimes the point we... guard scores a lot too. I'm just saying, I don't know what you're talking I know, about. I know. <laughs> so... oh, I, re- yeah. I get the reference, but I think we don't really put probably that much thought into it because there's well, a lot the of times that I'm like things, right. the mm-hmm. dramatic, emotional, political one and he's like, okay, let's talk about 
Doritos. Like, <laughs> you know, somebody to balance out how ridiculously. What do you mean? What you are, know? So I don't talk about anything No, with I'm snacks. saying like I get so crazy and like dramatic and sad. And so you're like, all right, well, let's, you know, talk about something lighthearted no, and fun. No, she just always wraps the show up with a read that's about like. Oh, and you like feel Like ableism <laughs> or like the okay. ozone layer. It's always something so powerful. <laughs> Shut up. And then mine is like something just bratty and stupid <laughs> like someone like pushed me to get on the train and I'm angry and hers is like connecting the dots of the world and bringing peace and it's like so I mean, but this is just who we are like I think that's kind of part of why the show works yeah just, I suck we and have, your mother no nobody's <laughs> shut the fuck up so is ableism, does, this, does the uh, umbrella of ableism cover the story about the blind kid, born without eyes, so he is blind, mm-hmm. who had his cane taken away at school? I actually did a read about that. And they and they gave him a... A pool noodle. Pool noodle. Yes. That and was every just... time you said pool noodle, it got funnier and funnier. It was just like absurd. A pool noodle. But you have to repeat that, yeah. you know, seven or eight times for people to really a get how yeah. absurd It's like, it let's is. brainstorm the most insulting thing right. we could give in place of a cage. Like, a seriously, go it's... break me off a switch from the tree before you give me a fucking pool. Like, Well, if it's a strong switch, it'll serve better than a pool what, noodle. Exactly. <laughs> a fucking yeah. pool noodle is they rude. They deserve to be slapped with cold, right. wet hands. Right. That was They're just so, so disrespectful wrong. for that. Like a baby. I mean, not a baby, but a child still. I and he's, he's eight. He's eight. Yeah. Like, you and, know. And, and then, and then. Well, we could do it because we, the school, own, own the, the cane. cane. Okay. What the hell is that? All right. You so own the cane. So repeat that when you die and it comes time to well, you know, we to God for the, the decisions you made. Like, <laughs> yes, God, I did take a cane from a blind eight-year-old, but in my defense, I owned it. That's such a like. All right. Yeah. No. Okay. Sure, you can come right on in. Such a common theory. <laughs> like, just, what is wrong with people? This is mine, so I'm just going to do whatever the fuck I want. Even like, okay. it doesn't make any sense. You don't even need the cane. Like. like this, he's blind. What the fuck is wrong with y'all? It's just like every time I think about it, I'm just like, what the hell? What the hell? People are crazy. What was another one like that? Another one that kind of came up from people pointing to a like local official doing something stupid or a mm. thing that was in the news that, you know, people brought to your attention. Can you remember another one like that? Well, I mean, we've... How... I feel like we reached a point where we were just like, let's just talk about Housewives this week because <laughs> so depressing. Right. Which I is think your real life iteration? got really depressing for a while because yeah. for like a, the, a span of, I feel, months, my reads were always about something racist or sexist or both or, you know, some horrible injustice or some terrible thing that happened in the media where you know white people were celebrated and black people were demeaned and so I think it got so serious for a while and it was based off real life events for so long that now I'm kind of feeling like I'm ready to maybe not always talk about what's going on in the news but because I mean we don't even really go looking for those stories a lot of times you know about them already we're going to talk about them anyway Mm -hmm. we do it on the show but there was just like a moment where it was just every single day something fucked up was happening and it was either tied to racism or sexism or something ridiculous and it was just like I need 
a Twix. Right. Like, and a nap. It would be nice to have a break somewhere where it is just like sunny and nobody is killing black people for just, you know, being black. Hey, maybe like an hour. Like, <laughs> like, like, like if I could just, let me just go <laughs> get clock my out of this racist ass society for just like a little while and just relax my nerves and then I could come back maybe. But yeah, I definitely feel like we both were at a, a tipping point where we were just like, we need a break. So here I am. I'm on the iTunes page, Top Podcast Invisibilia Serial, This American Life Fresh Air. I'll go down to where you guys are and the ones around you are Slate Plots is Working and The Bugle and Mad Money, Jim Cramer on the media. My point is, other than Snap Judgment, that's 24, and you got uh, Star Talk with Neil deGrasse Tyson, it's pretty much a white thing, podcasting to this Mm -hmm. day. Why is that? Does it have to be? Do you think you're going to change that? Well, I think podcasting is a medium that has largely, like up to this point, been mostly by and for white people. The only podcast I had ever even heard of was This American Life. And so, and, and everyone I knew who listened to This American Life was white. So when I first, when he first came to me about the idea, one of the concerns I had was that nobody would listen because podcasting was that white of a world. So I think, you know, there's been some shows now that podcasting is sort of becoming more popular, then we're seeing the diversity start to pop up and there are, you know, more hosts coming in of all different ethnicities and races talking about a bunch of different topics. So, you know, I think even still now it's, it's largely looked at as a white thing. It's definitely like a medium that's in a specific stage right now Mm -hmm. that's very, like, crucial. I think that there's a lot more awareness when it comes to podcasts and the different, like, there's a large variety of things you can do with it. It doesn't have to just be, you know, pop culture talk or news or Well, it anything. could be as, the great thing about it is it could be as niche as you want it to be. It can be whatever Not to address want. the right. niche of what, like, the 14% of the population is into. Exactly. That's right. makes sense. And I think that now, you know, black people, I think the hip-hop community, too, are a little bit more aware of podcasting and of, you know, the different things you can do with it. And so it's kind of like, I remember YouTube, like YouTube was around for years Mm -hmm. before like people really started like using it and uploading it. And at first it was just people talking about, you know, what they had for breakfast. And then it was like people doing their own little mini shows. And now you can like, rent and watch full films on there and stuff, you know, and same thing with Twitter and Instagram and all of these other things. I think podcasts are in that direction now where people are really like seeing that it's a huge world that you can do a lot of dope things with. What's the, what's the uh, racial makeup of the people who go to your live shows? Um, It's mostly black, but we do have white people. Yeah. More Um, than you thought. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Because you know we we are really not at all shy. We don't hold back about race, and there are a few all. white people who are willing to listen to that. So, I mean, and and then not only listen, but then p- spend money to come see us. So yeah, because it was all it really takes is for you, like color aside, all it really takes is for you to accept why things are the way that they are and you know accept the history and just be like, okay, you know what, some shit is fucked up, and like I don't have a, like I don't feel like because you're saying that things are fucked up that you hate me i don't feel like because you're acknowledging that racism exists and that shit is unfair i'm not going to take that personally and feel like you hate me as a white person you know like it's really refreshing to have people come and be like i totally fucking get it and like 
Like at the show right. in Houston, a couple like maybe last weekend, mm-hmm. this white one of the guys afterwards who took the best pictures from the whole show came to me and was like, I was raised by white people, so like I'm just doing the best I can out here. <laughs> and it was so funny. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm like, I'm yeah. sure your parents funny are fucking funny. awesome. But it's just like you understand that it's just it is what it is. Yeah. Funny is funny and hey. White people always say the conversations that you guys, because frequently we will break off into conversations talking how we think other people talk, like Blue Ivy or white people. And so white people at the show sometimes will come up to us and be like, those conversations you have about what white people say behind closed doors are 100% accurate. Like, you could film my family at Thanksgiving and it would be the exact same shit y'all are saying on the show. Or like show. when Naya Rivera said that she thought that like bathing every day was white people shit. Girl. So, yeah, but white people are dope. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Let's end on that note. <laughs> Crystal, Kid Fury, thank you guys so much. Thank you for thank having Thank you us. for having us. Thank you awesome. so much. The Gist is sponsored by The Jinx, The Life and Deaths of Robert Durst, the new documentary series from HBO, four decades, three murders, and one very rich man who refused to speak until now. The Jinx is filmmaker Andrew Jarecki's six-part examination of Robert Durst, the reclusive millionaire at the heart of three murders. It exposes long-buried information discovered during a seven-year investigation of a series of unsolved crimes. It was made with the cooperation of Durst, who has consistently maintained his innocence and remains a free man today. Durst came to know Jarecki, the Oscar-nominated director of Capturing the Freedmen's after Jarecki released a feature film, All Good Things, which was a fictional account of Durst's life. The Jinx, The Life and Deaths of Robert Durst, airs Sundays at 8, only on HBO. And now the spiel from a sympathetical hurricane. Today I attended the funeral of Robert Lichman, my friend Dave's brother. Sometimes I'd hang up and listen, I refer to Lichman. Dave is the Lichman that I'm talking about. His brother Bobby lived a life of brilliance, intensity, and conviction. For his adult life, he was not only Bobby Lichman, but also Bobby Citrin, who in 1994 put out an album on Columbia that the label, frankly, did not know what the hell to do with. Bobby grew up loving the blues, funk, Springsteen, and Public Enemy. In fact, he knocked on the door of Public Enemy's studio, somehow ingratiated himself into their world, began working there, went on to engineer and play guitar on the rap duo Das FX's debut album that eventually went platinum. Hey, yo, beep it. Can you keep it down while I rock tick talk about this chick around the block? She was hot host to the most hostess, no boasting. Back in 85, she was live, yo, no joking, a real go-getter. But Bobby was also making his own music. And in 1994, his CD from a sympathetical hurricane came out. The music writer Dave Marsh wrote, Bobby Citrin is there to confound you. He'll confuse just about every expectation you have by clinging together elements of hip-hop, folk, rock and roll, politics, romance, and sheer bloody-mindedness. Well, confound he did. I think the album might have set anti-sales records. And this was Columbia Records. Let me read to you, starting in the mid-S's, from the list of all-time Columbia label recording artists. Ready? Dinah Shore. Wayne Shorter, Bobby Citrin, Simon and Garfunkel, Paul Simon, Carly Simon, Frank Sinatra. 
Right about the time From a Sympathetical Hurricane came out, a folk hip-hop hybridist was all over L.A. radio. Beck Hansen, who later dropped the Hansen, was doing something a lot like Bobby. If anything, he was doing it not as boldly. G. Love was in that realm, too. They're all white rap experimenters. Here's a taste of Bobby Sound. Ain't got much. It. The lyrics were good, the singing was bad. That was like Dylan and Lou Reed, and I like them. But mostly my reaction was, I know this guy. This was a guy who, when he was a high school senior and I was a freshman, I needed to impress because he was on the board who decided who got to attend the Harvard Model United Nations. High stakes. Then after Bobby graduated high school, he went to Columbia and he dropped out to pursue his music. So this was around 1991 before we had a word for that move, but now we do. Gangsta. So when his album came out, I really needed to work with it. You know, it wasn't what I would seek out, but I really gave it a chance in a way I wouldn't have if I had heard it without some sort of personal connection to the artist. In a way that, if I'm being honest, I do not listen to music today. But not only did I give it a chance, I grew to give it a lot of respect. Unpretty as it was, this song... Stray Dog was popular, let's say kind of popular in Germany. Stron and den Hund went to number four in Stuttgart. Well, at least he got booked to play some club dates. There is this part where Bobby barks like a dog at the end of the song. Like I said, sometimes difficult music. But do you know what you're hearing? You're hearing commitment. Bobby really had a vision, and he wouldn't compromise. This was true his whole life. It's part of the reason why there was no follow-up to From a Sympathetical Hurricane until about a dozen years later, and that album was more blues and fewer beats. Bobby, hip-hop fusion pioneer, went on to join the Army National Guard, rose to the rank of captain, he got married, a few years ago, he developed a brain tumor. I haven't seen him in a while, and I hadn't listened to that album all the way through in a few years either. Well, at least now I get to do that. Bobby Citrin, Robert Lichman, was 45 years old. Thanks for listening. Things ain't what they used to be. That is true, it's not news to me, but maybe... It's okay Deuces wild one eye jack Hide your cars and watch your back If you wanna play That's what people say
table go Leaving you just one thing to know You're falling If you stay If there's one or maybe two Who at the end will still know You don't get carried away That's what people say I'm David Plotz. This week on the Slate Political Gab Fest, the gazillionaire, the student, Stanford University, a sexual assault case, and the confusing, dreadful gender politics of Silicon Valley. Look for us in the Slate store on iTunes or at slate.com slash podcasts.